Hello and welcome to the BG Podcast, episode 216. Today we're wrapping up the week of September 11th, 2023. Joining me is Bingham Group CEO, AJ Bingham. Welcome to the show, AJ. Hello, Hannah. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes, yes. And it's it's been a busy week um, and we've got a busy upcoming week as well. But I think the thing that might be, you know, front of mind for everybody that happened yesterday was um, our attorney general. He's back in office um, being acquitted on all 16 it's charges. Like, uh, all 16 mm-hmm. charges. Chad, we're recording this on Sunday, uh, November, September 17th. So, it was, yeah, he was acquitted of all charges by the Texas Senate, uh, excluding uh, his wife, Senator Paxton, as well. And so all 16 charges cleared. The statesman, I'm sure the papers will have this out later, but the statesman had a visual of the votes of each senator. So we'll link that in the show notes. But, um, you know, it definitely fell along party lines, most of the charges, as you can, as you would imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I we saw, I believe, two or three senators um, kind of split from those party lines on the Republican side that did vote to, um, I guess, charge him for these things or not charge him, but find him guilty for these things. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it didn't. Um, the votes were still in uh, Attorney General Paxton's favor. And so he was found um, or found innocent or acquitted on all of these charges. And so he's back in office and um, hopefully... I, I say this, but I know that there's going to be a lot more drama in the coming months as we approach election season. But um, hopefully it's a little bit quieter on the Hill for a second. Well, let's get to that, actually, because we there definitely was, uh, you know, as reported by the at least Quorum Report yesterday, um, both from statements, you know, Attorney General Paxton was not at present at the uh, at the hearing yesterday. I think he's only present the, the first day of, of, of the opening of uh, the the panel. But he That's had, correct, yes. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to paraphrase down the quote in front of me, but it was full, very much a named name, um, you know, attacking um, our current speaker, Phelan. Um, and, you know, by name, by virtue of that, also the House for, you know, who majority and like, a lot of Republicans uh, voted for the impeachment. In return, as well, Speaker Phelan, I believe yesterday or this morning where I saw it, had comments in response to Paxton's statement. So it's going to be, I think, a very interesting primary season because a lot of, you know, there were prior to, the, and this is all public record, this is all things that were stated in the press, you know, now, you know, returned Attorney General Paxton had made statements that this would impact elections uh, for those folks who, and this, you know, primarily we're talking about GOP Republicans who chose to proceed with, as I think he's called it, a sham trial. And so, as as many words, and so, and that that includes the several. You know, he his home base of power is Collin County, uh, west western part of the Dallas Metroplex. I think I think pretty much sure all state the reps there voted for it, right? So it's going to be interesting. Both I think the primary season, and then as well, we, you know, it's far away, but it's not. We to twenty twenty five, the next session um, is already animus with the ha- animosity of the House and the Senate on what, you know, just at the, at the leadership level, I think the bills and being through committees and then which one's going to sign committees, or actually, let alone getting to the chamber, either each respective chamber is one thing, getting a bill assignment is another. And then even to get mm-hmm. through, getting through or, or committee assignment rather, even getting through that, getting a getting a date to be heard on the floor is going to be interesting to see. Bills will, I mean, bills will get passed, but it's more, I think we'll see the battles around just particular authors, I would imagine. Yes, um, 
I, I definitely expect that to happen. And, and I think it's, you know, it's funny and all of us Texas ledge people call them um, the governor, speaker of the house and the lieutenant governor, the big three, but I feel like we're entering an era of the big four. Um, the attorney general's wielding the power he has a lot. And um, I think we're definitely going to see that play out over this session. Um, and um, it's, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a very interesting session. Um, so everybody buckle up and get ready. <laughs> I was going to say this in September of 2024. You can quote hand on that. I agree. And I concur. <laughs> More so than usual. And that, you know, that's not even counting what comes out of uh, the 2024 election at the national level. Right. So, true, true. well, enough about the future. Let's talk about what happened in Austin uh, local level last week. Yeah. So at uh, the city council meeting, we had a council meeting on uh, Thursday. Um, one of the things that I think was uh, top of mind for everybody was the NXP Chapter 380 agreement that was up for um, a well, kind of preliminary approval. It was mm -hmm. the first of two public hearings. Um, and so just for a little context on what that Chapter 380 agreement, it's a, essentially like a tax incentive for um, private companies to come and invest in cities. And so um, NXP has proposed to do this with Austin, with the city of Austin. And um, one of the benefits that we will be receiving or the city of Austin will be receiving is uh, childcare services, both citywide and for NXP employees if this um, agreement goes through. Mm -hmm. And that was very telling hand. And I think you know, one, or a few things about this, this uh, NXP discussion at, at council. Um, it's at a high level, right? And this was discussed at work session by council on last Tuesday on the 12th. There hadn't been an, a chapter 380 passed by the city in at least seven years. I think there was there was one that came up for council. Um, the company ended up taking the, you know, following through on the incentive plan. But at least with this current council in the modern era, right, 10-1 era, more or less, there hasn't been a chapter 380. And I think more to it, Austin, the city of Austin anyway, um, has been there's the perception it wasn't an economic development friendly or at least neutral city, right? That I think the, the general thought was okay well companies coming ask for money council is going to say well you're already coming here you're going to come here anyway and so because of that you <laughs> saw a high frequency i think what i think so you saw a high frequency of deals both in hayes county south of austin south of austin and travis county and also north of austin and williamson county in the in the cities and then the surrounding areas too right and so um i think excluding tesla right and that was travis county more than the city and, and yeah. we know as well with Austin ISD, they had pursued a uh, now defunct, uh, well, revived program under her name, but Chapter 313 last December, the Austin Independent School District voted that down 5-4. And talking to this too, the, the major opposition there was from a group called Austin Interfaith. I know they spoke at council, Hannah. What, what was the, the gist there? Yeah, so um, Austin Interfaith kind of took a neutral position where they said, you know, we don't, we don't, they've essentially kind of reiterated their position from the former uh, NXP deal that att attempted to go through Austin ISD. They said, we don't support, you know, corporate hands out, handouts and taking money away from schools and the children. However, um, this new deal, I think, is kind of unique with the city of Austin because it's going to take um, a pretty sizable amount, about 10% of the investment into the city will go straight to childcare. And so I think that complicates things a little bit because, um, you know, Austin Interfaith, I think, will likely support that. I don't want to obviously put words in their mouth or anything, but um, they did say they were going to review the um, the agreement further and come back with a formal stance on Thursday. And I think just based off of their um, uh, kind of their stance, they, they don't support taking money away from kids. And I think this is essentially 
going to give some more money back to kids and families who need it. You know, we've, we've seen childcare, I think, you know, at the first council meeting, people brought their kids and it was a lot of people bringing um, their children to come speak in favor of um, childcare. And so I think this is something that uh, a lot of people will support. We saw also, um, I believe more than 10 NXP employees came both in person and virtually to speak. Um, and they all had great things to say, um, kind of about the support that NXP gives. And they, they really kind of, inter- they really kind of um, continue to reiterate that NXP really cares about the community and wants to invest in this um, city. And then speaking of trial care, you know, more broadly, right, this was, as you know, we've been watching council, we watch every, every, every session they have, but I think from the dice, particularly for Mayor Watson, speaking directly to the need of it, right? And I think that was something he campaigned on in, uh, in 2022. And so it was, it was definitely heartening to see him bring that up. And I think finding for companies who are looking to deal, deal, to do incentives in Austin, you should definitely watch that hearing. I think it provides a path forward for at least one of the city's needs, right? Again, I think at work session, we didn't see council members speaking against it. We had, you know, I think just direct comments about the need for childcare and what NXP was looking to do in that space for both Mayor Watson as well as council member Vanessa Fuentes in District 2. But, um, you know, no opposition to it. So we'll see, we'll be watching this because I think there's a big, the bigger a bigger play here for other companies that are looking at like Austin, Austin will be back in business in that way if this goes through. So it should be of interest to any company who's, you know, beyond tech, who's looking to, to get to, to pursue incentives with the city. And speaking of that, we'll, I'll be doing a separate show with our consultant, Larry Holt, who focuses on economic development and incentives to dig deeper and chat with the 80s, as well as other programs that are offered at the state and local level. And last thing on this, the, the reason XP was pursuing this with Austin, I mean, they have two they have two sites in the city of Austin. So it makes them unique, right? They're not coming here looking for ground. They already have land and they're going to expand or footprint rather they want to expand it. But also because this funding was part of a bigger application for CHIPS Act funding, which we cover in several shows. Um, and this is the big play under the Biden administration to to bolster or, or just not to, well, to bolster and and uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, bolster our domestic semiconductor um, industry and grow it. So, yeah, yeah. Which I think we saw kind of the effects of COVID on the supply chain. Um, and kind of, I think one of the things that reinforced for a lot of companies was that, you know, they want to potentially localize the supply chain. Um, and I think I think that's what we're seeing a lot of people do. And, and the support of the federal government, state and local governments is definitely uh, helping that and speeding it up. More to come on that. So what else is going on? What else went on in the uh, city of Austin this week? Yeah, so this one's kind of near and dear to my heart. Uh, Council member Zoe Caudry passed a resolution um, to ban windowless units. And uh, uh, as a former West Campusite, um, that's uh, very nice because a lot of those apartments in there, especially the newer ones, as they're increasing the amount of density, um, actually don't have windows. And so, um, really? you know, there's, there's, um, yeah, so there's, there's certain like places that will offer units where you'll get a um, kind of like a discounted rent or a lower rent than a, um, a place, a unit with windows. And so um, obviously I think one of the things that we've learned over the past couple of years is that vitamin D is important. Um, you know, we talk about seasonal depression, and, and I think part of that is just because the sun goes away during the winter. And so um, as a former college student um, who um, lived and uh, worked in West Campus, it's really nice to see this happening because, um, 
as the, we increase the density, um, we try to fit more units in that area so kids can uh, walk to class and um, live where they go to school, essentially. Um, I think it's important just because um, I was there and I know that like it's already really hard being a student living and working. Um, and so they shouldn't have to worry about that kind of stuff. You know, I think that's something that um, they should consider kind of a right almost. <laughs> Right to sunshine. And also, this didn't apply just to West Camp. I mean, so Councilman Rose Cadre's district is District 9. He definitely garnered a lot of support from the student vote uh, in the last election cycle uh, last year. And so, you know, this 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 resolution doesn't impact just West Campus. It's citywide. So, I mean, definitely yes. a lot of that. I mean, it's probably definitely targeted more towards student housing and such, but it applies citywide. So, um, you know, I think we've, we've seen, again, at a high level, Hannah, we've seen a lot of resolutions, of substantive resolutions that have come out of the city or from council rather this year. Uh, you know, a lot of leadership from Councilman Ricadri on this. And again, also to uh, other council members will shout out later. But yes, yeah, spotlight today on Council Ricadri, this resolution. We'll, ha we'll, have a, we'll have a link to language in the show notes. Yeah. And so I think it's been a very busy week and we've we've got an even busier week coming up with a, a council having a work session on Tuesday, the 19th. Um, I think two of the more important items on that work session um, agenda is they'll be taking up the reconnecting community grant application for I-35 cap and stitch program. Um, and so TxDOT will be kind of uh, bulldozing a lot of uh, I-35 over the next couple of years. And the so, front end road more, mainly the front end road areas. Um, yeah, and so um, this will be just kind of um, looking at the grant applications as they try to kind of offset a lot of that displacement. And so I think that's something important. I think we've seen a lot of council members, you know, come out against I-35, um, including uh, council member Caudry, Natasha Harper-Madison, as well as um, Congressman Greg Kassar. Um, and so there's yeah, a lot I, of- um, Councilmember Vela was out there too. There was a, there was a recent, uh, I think, uh, I don't know, it was like a protest, but just, it made a protest about it. As well as was a council member else was it her or one of her staffers out there? I can't recall. So next, yeah. don't listen to that one. But I know it was the other, the other balance. Those members of council were out there. Yeah. So there's definitely a lot of um, eyes from council on this. So we shall see how that goes. And then additionally, if um, you've gone to Barton Springs, you probably know about Flo the tree and kind of the um, issues about her health that have been happening recently. Um, from what I understand, are, I believe those who are new, 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 this, new to Austin uh, or haven't been to Barton Creek in the Barton Springs in a while. What is who is Flo the tree? She's a very, very old tree, um, and she kind of drapes over a big part of where you can sit on the grass at Barton Springs, and so I believe it's been um, kind of considered a safety issue as a you know tree. The trunk's like hollowed out, right? The, this is the disease that yeah. is fungus or something like that that can't be. It can't be remediated, can't be cured, and the trucks hollowed out. And so I think where we're at is, and this is I think for our Austin's a very Austin's a very tree friendly city, a very pet friendly city, definitely dog, definitely with dogs. And we had four arborists who who recommended the, the uh, removal of the tree. Yeah, and it, it's I um I definitely am, am sad about that. You know, as someone who's been going there since I was little, like I, I love that tree. Like uh, I like to, um, you know, hang out underneath it. And so it's, it's like sad, but also I would rather there not be a safety issue. Cause I think that's the biggest issue is the fact that it could potentially fall on somebody. Um, be a lawsuit so, in the city for sure. 
because they knew yeah and so it I, could happen and because i think that came up right at council as well or it came up so here's the thing right i think parks wildlife right, parks wildlife park uh parks and rec had given a date on I think last wednesday for a memorial a memorial service the tree was slated to come down mm-hmm. fairly soon that was that yes. date out now as Flo has gotten a stay um, from removal, um, right? A lifeline, if you will. Um, what's, what's happening with that? This is ties. I think some yeah. we had about it's it's not it, it's what's well, all politics, right? But this, this definitely ties in some bigger bigger uh, topics in the city. Yeah. So I think one of the things we kind of saw at the beginning of council, this new council taking on the dais was. Um, they were kind of almost ignoring the neighborhood associations. Uh, They really were just like pushing a lot of really progressive policy around dense housing. Um, But I think, you know, with the, uh, I guess, kind of pausing and um, stopping of the Zilker vision plan, um, as well as this now, the the pausing of the removal of flow, I think we're seeing a lot more of the neighborhood association power and the fact that they can mobilize and they can do it really well. They know how to run a campaign. Um, I, it's been very interesting to watch this kind of grassroots stuff happen, um, I think, on our end. But they're, I think one of the things is neighborhood associations are still a, a powerful force in this city. Um, and, you know, just, you know, they we can see this clearly with the um, the stopping of the removal of flow. Um, but uh, I hope with, with this, I think that um, just to not hurt anybody, especially because this tree could fall on somebody, I hope they find a way to commemorate flow. Um, whether that be a um, like little plaque or um, maybe a bench or something out there um, just to to commemorate Flo because she was an important tree. Clearly, it's on a council agenda and people are are loudly talking about it. And so um, I think that we're going to see some creative policy from both Parks and Rec and the city of Austin. Yeah, I know. You know, I think it was uh, SOS president uh, or chair uh, Bill Bunch spoke spoke about this at council on Thursday. And I think it's been the press, too. I mean, I mean, calls for, and we're not involved in this issue as an observation, but the calls for, you know, could could there be support beams or things else put up for it? It could be. I think the issue that the city needs to consider is um, basically, you know, there's a hazard, and if it falls, there's there's no way, there's no, there's no warning. I mean, there will definitely be a lawsuit because yeah. know it's a known hazard, and there's no remediation. There's there actually there is a clear remediation. Versus these fixes, which, you know, I, I can understand, right? But just from perspective of that, you know, it's, do you want that, you know, take that risk? Because it's not, it more, it's probably more matter than when than if. Mm-hmm. And someone's getting to do the engineering company, put up those, those, uh, the stoppers or whatever. So the city, the city for sure, because they knew and they didn't do anything. But again, and that by the city, I mean the taxpayers' money, because our money. And we're supposed to have a cold and wet winter. Uh, so, you know, if, if ice gets on that tree, I think it's a very, uh, clear, like, you know, we've seen what happens to trees when it gets icy in Austin, they fall and they fall on our electric lines. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of chances for it to, to not be good for flow. And, um, if just, if she's continued to be left up, so we shall see, we shall see. I know there's going to be a lot of experts at this new council work session and they will educate all of us on what the best. Yeah. There'll be experts. Mm-hmm. I guarantee we can talk up uh, maybe at the money meeting about uh, the the the, the uh, estimated uh, speakers for this or uh, on topic <laughs> of this on Thursday because I imagine it'll be as as uh, 
vigorous as uh, the Zilker plan discussion was. So yes. more, more to come there. And then, and then on Thursday, we'll have another regularly scheduled council meeting. And some items of note are um, item 59, approving a resolution um, to approving the appointment of members of the police reserve force. As um, some of you may know in the news, Austin has been having issues um, with uh, police staffing. And so this is just another thing to bolster our police force and improve public safety in the city of Austin. Um, additionally, item 74, which will be to set a public hearing to consider an ordinance amending our land development code related to minimum parking requirements. And so we saw that um, resolution be passed back in um, earlier this year related to just kind of um, eliminating parking requirements. So that's um, coming forward. So excited to see that. Additionally, item 80 will be that NXP public hearing, kind of the part two of that, as they are legally required to have two public hearings. So we'll likely hear a lot more from um, groups like Austin Interfaith taking their final stance on this, as well as NXP employees and other members of the community. And finally, item 99, approving a resolution directing the city manager to revise and implement certain policies related to training, investigations, and reporting by the Office of the Police Oversight, as well as providing updates to the Public Safety Committee and the creation of a public work group. Um, recently, we saw our interim city manager kind of make some changes to, um, I guess, the structure of the Office of Police Oversight and kind of where it sat. And so I think this is just part of making sure that that is... Um, the best possible structure it can be. So excited to see all of that. And then additionally, we've got a lot of um, council committees meeting this week, including on Tuesday, the Austin Energy Utility Oversight Committee. Um, and on Wednesday, we've got a special called meeting of the Public Health Committee where they will be having a briefing on homelessness, which um, has been a uh, issue near and dear to our council as well as City's Heart for since I can remember. So we will see what that um, happen happens with that as well as um, boards and commissions this week uh, we got a zoning and plotting commission on Tuesday, the 19th. Codes and ordinances is meeting on the 20th. The electric board as well as meeting on the 20th um, with the environmental commission meeting as well on the 20th. Uh, and lastly, but certainly not least, the housing authority of the city of Austin will have a regular meeting on the 21st. So very packed week and we will be um, sitting, watching all, all over, of it. <laughs> all over it. All right. Well, that handy, have a great rest of your weekend. Yeah, everyone have a great weekend. Bye.